Welcome back. It's another week of the Anxious Creative. I feel like I try to start this different every week to keep you guys excited and on the edge of your seat to know what to know, to never know what to expect from me. Anyway, I am glad you are back here with me and I can't wait to dive in this week all about the anxiety of building, growing, and keeping a happy client base. You're listening to the Anxious Creative Podcast, episode 35. I overthink, I overshare, and I overanalyze. So come explore with me as I chat about business, life, and relationships all through the lens of an anxious creative. Okay, I know you're here listening because you're a fellow anxiety feeler. You're a creative that loves to create, obviously creative that loves to create, um, that has fun and feels free when you're doing it, but sometimes it feels like a curse with the anxiety that can come with it hand in hand. And I know it's not fun. I get it. And that's why I'm so passionate about all things anxious, creative, like, because I feel like I feel like they kind of go hand in hand and that anxiety doesn't always have to be a bad thing, but it's taken me a long time to learn how to maneuver through it, to understand the feeling, to know when to listen to that feeling and know when to ignore it, know when not to trust it and when to trust it. So anyway, I want to talk about the anxiety that comes with Um, just starting out in a career that's client-based or moving cities and having to rebuild your clientele or just the anxieties of trying to manage the turnover that comes with being in a service-based industry like hairstyling that I am, knowing that you're always going to be building your clientele to some degree. There might be times where you close off your clientele, um, but there's many different phases. And I wish I would have realized that when I was first in my career. I wish I would have known it's not just building a clientele one, Building it the first time is the most work, but it's learning how to maintain it and continue to grow it on a regular basis. So I'm so pumped to be here with you guys talking about the anxiety of building, growing, and keeping a happy client base because that is what you're here for, right? So just to backtrack a little bit, um, those of you guys who don't know, I've been doing hair for, at this current time when I'm recording this, 18 years, which makes me feel oh my gosh, so old. I still feel like I just graduated the other day. And honestly, I was teaching a class the other week. And one of my models was a friend that I played basketball with in high school. And we realized we had not seen each other in 18 years since we graduated. And I was like, holy F, how has it been 18 years? That's like a whole adult could have been, is, has been born and raised and living in the time that we have not seen each other. And I still feel like I'm the same age. Anyway, So going back to when I first started building a clientele, there was, I was going to say there was no internet. There was internet. I didn't have my own computer. There was no social media. There was nothing. And I remember being so excited to get out of hair school. I was like, yes, get me out of here. Like I'm ready to like have clients that aren't just looking for a cheap cut. Um, I'm excited to be doing what I want to do. You know, I, I stuck through school. I learned the rules, but I am ready to break them bring me all the clients. I'm so excited. I remember getting my job and like sweeping the floors and washing the dishes. And I'd have days where I'm like, this totally sucks. I don't like this. 
what am I doing? I'm getting paid minimum wage. This totally sucks. I just want to be busy. And feeling that frustration that I know some of you guys feel as well of being like, why isn't the salon getting me busy? I was putting all the onus on the salon. I was like, why aren't they getting people in my chair? Here's the thing I've learned, you guys. And this is going to be a little bit of tough love from Dawn. I feel like that should be like a segment. Tough love from Dawn. Anyway, if you think about a car salesman, and you may have heard me use this analogy before because I use analogies all the time. But if you think of a car salesman, have you ever heard of a car salesman be like, I can't believe my dealership isn't bringing in buyers for me? No, because someone who's in sales part of their job is the responsibility to go and make those sales. And that's what we are as service-based people is oftentimes if we're employed, we're commission-based, or if you're not commission-based, usually there's some sort of bonus involved. And if that's not the case, then this might not apply at all. Um, But if you're commission-based, it is your job to go get those people in the door. That's why you're rewarded with commission is because you need to do the work to get the people in. So taking that responsibility is the hardest step, but also the most crucial is understanding that you hold the power. It's really easy to make excuses and being called out on excuses is not fun. So if you're feeling yourself uncomfortable with what I'm saying and wanting to get defensive and fight back, check it a little bit and see what you can learn from this and ditch the excuses. Although the excuses feel so good. You guys, I get it. I love using excuses for why I'm not achieving the things I want to achieve because it takes the responsibility off of me. But as soon as you start owning the responsibility, and as soon as I started owning back in 2001 or 2002, I guess, when I was out of school, owning the fact that I had control over how busy I was, things started to change. And let me tell you, so what happened? I'm trying to remember exactly how it happened, but like I said, it's been 18 years, so my my memory's a little foggy. Um, but I remember getting competitive with my boss, um, and not, I'm more like a reverse psychology kind of gal, where like, tell me I can't do something, and you betcha, I'm gonna go prove you wrong. Um, so I think my boss was like trying to light a fire under my ass to get me um, motivated because I was feeling like sluggish and complacent and maybe like daydreaming about maybe I should start a career somewhere else. And just, you know, you start over and you're just starting at the bottom again. So it's better to just keep putting in. So I decided one day I'm going to get busy. I want to start making money. And I don't know. I wish I had this moment where it just all clicked, but I was like, I just got to start talking to people and I got to get over myself. I need to get over this fear. Cause you guys, I was slash still am super shy. And I know you might be listening to this being like, Don, shy, whatever. But honestly, if I'm uncomfortable or um, around different people, I can get really shy and clam up. So the thought of like talking to people scared the crap out of me, but I needed to suck it up. I needed to take responsibility and start chatting with people. So that's what I started doing. And I started carrying my business cards around everywhere. And you know what? It got more and more comfortable. I just had to get used to hearing a no and being rejected sometimes, but I started to learn the odds and I started getting busier and I started implementing these steps that were so important in getting people in my chair. And you know what? Within like three months, I was booked solid in advance. It was so crazy. And that was when I just started my career and it was a matter of just 
deciding that I was going to make a change and I was going to stop complaining and I was going to start taking responsibility for myself. Oh, not fun things to hear. Not like the magic answer you probably wanted to hear. I'm so sorry. But that was anxiety inducing because you guys, I had to get over myself. I had to get uncomfortable because like I said, shy homebody girl Don does not like going out and talking to strangers. Still don't at 35 years old. But I've learned to push myself out of that comfort zone, get a little uncomfortable, and it pays off. Does it pay off immediately? Not always. Is every single person going to come in and get their hair done? Mm, no. But you learned. I learned to play the odds. I learned to realize that for every 10 people I talked to, maybe one or two came in. So realizing that wasn't to discourage me, but that was to encourage me for like just how many people I had to chat with and just how much I had to get out there. And then it became like a fun game once I kind of learned the numbers. And learning those numbers and getting more uh, people not coming in that were coming in started to get me comfortable with getting the no's and the rejections or the, oh, I already have a stylist or insert whatever service industry you're in. And slowly that anxiety of talking to strangers or the anxiety of being rejected, because sometimes it's not the it's not the fear of going and asking someone to come in and book an appointment with me. It was a fear of them saying, no, thank you. That I'm like, oh, I don't like, nobody likes feeling rejected, right? Even if it's for a good reason even if they're like, oh, I'd love to, but I already have someone else I go see. It still feels like a personal dig, even though it's not. Side note, if you feel like you take everything personal, go read the book, The Four Agreements. So good. Must read. I just can't even say enough about it. Once again, it's me here interrupting myself to let you guys know that this episode is brought to you by my seven key steps to grow your clientele. It's an absolutely free download that you can get at donbradley.com backslash seven steps. That's donbradley.com backslash seven steps to get my free seven key steps on how to grow your clientele. All right, back to me. The anxiety of growing my clientele from scratch in the beginning seemed really overwhelming, but sometimes, pretty much all the time, it's the anxiety of the anticipation that's the worst part. Once I stepped into it and started doing it, a lot of that anxiety dissipated. I don't know why that's the word that came out of my mouth into into my head and out of my mouth, but I don't know if that works. Dissolved, disappeared. It's what I build it up. I build things up in my head so much ahead of time that it seems so overwhelming that I never take the step forward. But it's kind of like Will Smith has this video about skydiving and it's all about fear. And he's like, the only time you feel fear about skydiving, I'm totally going to mess this up, is like the night before when you're trying to fall asleep and you're like, holy crap, I'm going to jump out of a plane tomorrow. And then you're driving there and you're like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. But it's like, as soon as you jump out of that plane all those fears go away. So as soon as you start stepping into those things that you're scared to do or uncomfortable or you don't want to take responsibility for, you guys, it gets a lot easier. Does it always pay off successfully? There's no guarantee in anything, right? But you learn the odds. So I just wanted to touch base on that because I wanted you to know that I understand, I get it, and I've been there. And it totally sucks. It can totally be no fun at all all to be in those beginning phases. But know that 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 beginning phase isn't just going to be the only time because you know what else is going to come? The anxiety of losing a client. And I talk about this in my class in my classes a lot when I do live classes is how many times 
Have you been on social media and one of your clients that you love and you maybe give a deal to even, which we can talk about that on another podcast. Um, But one of your clients that you love so dearly and they're like, they've become like a friend to you and you love having them in your chair. All of a sudden you're scrolling through and you see that they have new hair and you're not the one who did it. And you're just like, oh, that sucks. And you try not to take it personally, but you're so bummed out and you're sad. And you're like, wait, I thought we were more than just hairdresser and client. And I could dive into this subject so much more, but I want you guys with the point I'm making right now is the fact that there is no guarantees and people are going to come and go. And there are going to be people that you've developed such strong bonds with because I know like you, I get so attached to the people that I see. And I know, like I said, not all of us are hairdressers listening to this. I know a lot of you guys are other service providers, but we really develop those relationships. The reason why we do what we do is because we care so deeply and we almost do that to a fault. But I want what I'm getting at is that we're going to have ever, it's a revolving door in any sort of service-based industry. People come and go for multiple different reasons. But I remember in the beginning when people would go, I always assumed it was because of me. I always assumed they were unhappy with their hair. I always assumed that I had done something wrong. But here's what I've learned over the years. People come and go because one, finances. Maybe their partner lost their job. Maybe they lost their job. Maybe they just had a baby. Maybe they just bought a house. Maybe their priorities have changed and that's okay. Or maybe their style has changed and maybe they want to go in a different direction and you don't quite offer it. And that's okay too. It's not anything you did. Maybe they didn't like what you did to their hair last and they're too scared to say anything. That's on them, not you. Maybe they had some sort of tragic experience or a breakup or something like that, that they're too embarrassed to come and talk to you about. There's so many different turning wheels in this, you guys, that it's not always about us. It might be about them. Maybe they need a fresh start in life. Maybe they need to reinvent themselves and they find somewhere else. So there's so many reasons why it's not personal, but know that it's ever changing. Maybe they moved away. So many different things. So learn to be able to, um, accept that. And I've always told my clients, I don't, I say this at their first appointment ever. I don't expect you, or I don't have any sort of expectations or obligations for you to see me forever. I would like this to be long-term so I can map out a plan for you. There's no expectations and obligations for you to see me forever because that's the way life is. There's beginning and ends to everything. And I'm going to be the most unoffendable hairstylist as long as you're kind. And know that I'm not going to get upset if you go somewhere else or be personally offended because that's the way life works. And they're kind of like taken aback by that, but you realize that that's the way life goes. You come in, people come and go. We find different service providers for different things. So knowing that don't get anxious over the thought that a client has stopped coming to see you. Don't keep yourself up at night wondering what you did wrong or how you could have done things differently because chances are it's nothing about you. But know that that gives you an opportunity to find somebody else to take their place. So knowing that you have to build your clientele when you first get into into the industry. And even if you stay at the same location or same you know, place for your whole career, there will be times of growth again where you're going to need to, you know, go in and get some new clients because people's priorities change, people's finances change, people move away, people need a, need a new ch- um, a restart. So there's that. I know, I know that anxiety firsthand, and I know you guys know what I'm talking about. So you need to grow and then keeping them happy, the ones that you've got, knowing that they might go somewhere else, but you want to keep them feeling special time and time again. And I know I have fallen into times in my career where I've totally fallen into a rut. 
I've gotten to places where I'm like, oh, it's so-and-so. It's just whatever. I can be way more relaxed with them. But here's the thing. We start to take that on, but they're still paying us. And so we need to remember to keep that professionalism, even if you're a little bit more chummy with them, still treat them as if they're a brand new client. Don't ever take for granted that someone is going to continue to see you forever. That's just not the way it goes. Like I said, with that last point is that all of a sudden you're scrolling and you know, you thought you were best buds with your client and you shared everything and then they've gone somewhere else and you feel so rejected. That's just the way it goes. So keeping clients happy so that they're not leaving because they feel ignored. You guys, the number one reason my new clients tell me they've left their previous salon is because they didn't feel special anymore. They said it wasn't anything to do with the price or the way their hair was getting done is that they didn't feel special. So keeping those existing clients feeling special is important and can usually be the number one thing that we let slide. But this is so important to help ease that anxiety of losing clients, of seeing clients going somewhere else because of us. You know, I'd rather see someone um, going somewhere else for other reasons other than feeling that personal. But the way to ease that and the way to um, alleviate that... (laughs) I get so passionately talking about things that the words don't even come out right anymore. But a way to help avoid that is to keep treating your clients like it's their first time there. You know, it's so easy to pay more attention and dote on new people that are new and exciting and that you're just getting to know. But you want to remember that those ones that have been there forever for you, you want to reward them. You want to make them feel special. It's not that you have to give them a deal. It's not that you need to lose a bunch of money on them, but just little things little like travel size product or a discount on some shampoo or you guys, I use examples from hair, but I know many, like I said, many of you guys are in different industries or just like complimenting them or giving them an extra long scalp massage or hand massage or whatever it is. Just think of things that you can do. How do you feel special when you walk away from, from a service that you've just had and you feel like wowed? Ask yourself why and start realizing why you choose the places you go and why you decide to go back and also the places that you decide not to go back to and why you choose not to rebook places. Ask yourself that as well. And that's going to help you become a better service provider and be able to keep your clients happy. Cool. So I hope this episode helped you guys know and understand that the anxiety of building and growing and keeping a happy clientele, there's always going to be some part to it. But if if you can help relieve some of that with some of the stuff I taught you and some of the, and knowing that not to take things personally and knowing that it's just stepping into that discomfort a little bit and getting uncomfortable, but knowing that it's going to help take it away and that it's never one and done. It's never that you do one thing once and it's going to be forever. But the first time for all of you newbies out there building your client bases, this is the hardest part. But once you learn how to beat the odds, how to be strategic, and that going into that discomfort isn't as scary as you thought. Rebuilding a clientele, like I said, I've rebuilt clienteles on three different continents. And then, you know, four years ago, like 14 or 15 years into my career, I moved cities and had to start completely fresh over not knowing anyone here in Calgary and rebuilt my clientele in three months. I was booked solid. It's not because I all of a sudden had this magic um, answer. It's because I had practiced it multiple times before in my career. I did it in the very beginning. I did it when I moved to the UK. I did it when I moved to Australia. I did it when I moved back to Saskatchewan. So doing that, what, four times did I just name off or five times, four, three? I don't know. Um, When I moved to Calgary, I knew what worked and didn't work. And I knew to go full force, balls to the walls. If that's, is that an actual saying? I don't even get it, but full force and just, you know, 
constantly be talking to people. I knew the odds. I knew for every 10 people I talked to, maybe one or two came in. So that need, so if I wanted 10 clients, I needed to talk to like a hundred people. Anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. I just wanted to share that with you guys to encourage you, not to discourage you, to help you step up and take responsibility for the fact that you hold the key to your success and you've got this. And I just want to see you rock it. So I'm so excited. I would love if you guys liked, subscribed. I was going to say shared, liked, liked this episode. Do you, do you like podcast episodes? I'm getting my platforms confused. I would love if you subscribe, left a review, shared this with your friends. I'm here to help you guys succeed because I get those feelings of anxiety as us creatives. And it's not something to try and work against, but to learn to work with. Anyway, until next week, guys, I'll see you later. (laughs) That was the most awkward ending to my podcast ever, I think.